Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Decoding the music industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our workshop today for DJing for beginners. Is everyone kind of like on a beginner level or is people, okay, mostly everyone, some intermediate-ish? Okay, well, we'll kind of hit a lot of topics, so even if you know some, you can always learn more. Uh, I'm Chippy Nonstop, and I'm a DJ and artist, and do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Nadine Noor, I'm a DJ, community organizer, um, yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Serena, or people better know me as Peach, and I'm a DJ and producer. Amazing. Um, do you guys want to give just like a little brief background of like how you started um, and I guess where you are now? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, okay, so I started a house party in 2014, 2015, 2016. And uh, um, yeah, we were really frustrated with nightlife at the time. There was a controller that was left from an old flatmate. Um, but at that point, like, I really didn't care to DJ. It was just about putting the music on. And here was like an instrument to be able to do that and to make it like look cute, you know, because I was like a house party. And then um, that party we decided after a year we decided to take that party out of the house and and I, yeah at the time I didn't have like an interest in uh in DJing but we were trying to find like a way to save money we'd done the party like a few times it's, it's the party's pussy palace by the way for anyone who doesn't know um and um and then I was like, okay, we'll save some money. I'll DJ the first like two hours. And then, you know, I just got a little bit bored and I was like, well, what does that button do? You know? And then through trial and error, I learned, taught myself how to DJ. And then, you know, as the party progressed, people were coming um, early to the party to see me play that first two hours. And then it just sort of went from there. It was like, it took, it took me a long time to, to accept that like I was a DJ because I had lots of DJ friends who really had a lot of like passion and care um, and uh, understanding of what it was where I just felt like I was coming in being quite like silly and not taking it like seriously. And would anyone who booked me, I'm like, I'm not a real DJ. Make sure you put me on first. And then through, you know, a lot of like, uh, again just like experiencing being out there I was like no this is fun I really enjoy it I go back and forth like on whether it's like my career or not like I've had like a good run at DJing like I've uh, done boiler rooms I've toured um, and then we played Glastonbury I played yeah. Glastonbury <laughs> so now like um, I'm like uh, what, I, what I sometimes jokingly call like uh, um part-time DJ like whereas just like I just float in and out and it's not necessarily like my career anymore but um yeah I have a lot of fun doing it that way um and um it's made me connect to the music that I love and made me understand it appreciate it as the art form I see it like as an instrument like and you know I'm dying to press every single button that like I can and um yeah it's uh it's been a way for me to um, be able to tell stories with all the music that I love throughout like my whole entire life especially when it comes to like genres because I want to hear everything that I can like in one setting so yeah that's that's my my background in DJing um so I I started DJing in university it was after I went to 
you know, classic, you know, you go to your first raves and like dance and have a really good time. And I used to just like keep quite a big library of music on my, on my phone and on my like computer. And I guess I used to be the person that would like just play the music for my friends at the pre-drink and the afters. And so eventually someone was like, why don't you just DJ? And at the time there wasn't really any like women DJing around me. It was actually, I was only actually aware of like probably one or two and in, the university that I went to. This is like back in like 2008 without dating me or, yeah, yeah. Um, so I then I started DJing from that, just had some friends like show me around the decks. And to be honest, I just kind of like, I think my first set of decks, I like saved up money and I bought like a used pair of CDJ 800s, which didn't take USB, they're only CDs. And I burnt CDs and I got my wisdom teeth taken out and my first weekend was with them. And I just like stood in my house uh, DJing on T3s for about three days. <laughs> um, could not beat match to save my life. Still, <laughs> still struggle with it, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so I started from there. And then I guess I, that was, I was in Ottawa at the time, which is in Canada, and I was going to school there. And I moved to Toronto for like work and life. And I just wanted to be there and um, spent a good six years or so there before moving here. Um, but I was mostly just like a DJ for fun and enjoyed it like on the side of like working full time and it wasn't until like 2018 that I actually like left my job with no real like focus to always be like a DJ like that wasn't always the plan it was just something that I did on the side that I really enjoyed and like loved and um, eventually it just became something I mean I had a I did a boiler room and that was seemingly really popular and exciting and I think everyone really enjoyed it so that ended up getting me quite a lot of gigs and then that led me to kind of like eventually being like I have too many gigs to also balance with work so I left my job which actually weirdly was behind this building in like 2018 so yeah and that was like the last thing and now I tour full-time um, and write music during the week as much as I can. And I have this month off, so lots of music writing, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I play all sorts of places. I won't even go on about it, but just clubs and festivals worldwide, all the places. Um, how do you guys, do you guys organize your music? And <laughs> if you do, how do you do it? Like, cause I think a lot, once you've gotten all that music, you've collected it to play a set. You know, you kind of have to organize it a bit, especially if you play a lot of genres or however. So in the beginning, when I started taking it a little bit more seriously, I was like, right, I've got all of this music. I need to transfer a lot of this stuff that's been ripped, you know, because I started to hear it. Like, I didn't even, no one told me this. The way that I came up in like the music industry, I guess, like in my DJ career was like through my own hearing of trial and error. Like no one told me like that sounded fucked, you know, it was like me realizing it on my own by like hearing things back. Um, and uh, um, so I went into the process of like replacing like everything and I organized everything by genre but then some things like overlap and I was like how do I I can't do it by genre okay I'll do it by energy like uh the first two hours the last set like slow like you know um or like periods of time and then that eventually like didn't work and now how I do it is like I kind of know especially because I got like a virus and like all my music got deleted and now I put everything on drive highly recommend for 
for everyone to do that to put everything on your drive now um, and I know the music well enough but I typically what I'll do is when I go to play a set I'll have like this big long playlist of things that I might want to play that night and then sometimes when I get there then I divulge elsewhere you know so it and throughout my time I've met so many DJs that are so unbelievably organized and so many people that just do it off the cuff like sometimes like when I turn up I actually don't know what I'm gonna do and then I just figure it out like in the moment but same yeah yeah like in doing these workshops I met some people that organize their music like in like really meticulous ways like I met a girl that said that she so you can color coat the songs too so she would color coat the songs and put the like chiller songs in the like a yellow and then like go all the way into red until it, or yellow orange red till it's like the parts of the night so they blend you can mix the orange into the red or like you know as the night goes on go into a harder bpm because they would do long sets so there's different so many different ways people organize which is just like oh i'm chaotic so i don't yeah. organize anything but yeah i can't I I always say like every January when I have time off I'm like I am going to commit time to organize my record box this is going to be the month and lo and behold what day is it the 10th I haven't even touched it I won't touch it probably truthfully sadly when, <laughs> when it comes when I in my mind when it's like hey you're organizing tracks it's not necessarily to organize it to uh, put it into certain folders it's to like revisit because sometimes when I get into a hole of downloading all of a sudden I've downloaded like 120 things and I'm like and then I've got this idea and then maybe 30 of those things are, are what I end up putting in a playlist to go and play out but then I've forgotten about all of these other tracks that were amazing in the moment so me organizing my music is just go, taking time to go through my record box and go hey what is this because or or what I do sometimes is like just play things that I'm like this is on my USB well, what the hell is it and then just see what that sounds like and then like moving it accordingly but that accordingly and like even you'll see I'm actually was thinking I'm so embarrassed when you see my USB because it's oh, the same. playlist <laughs> names are like you're cute and uh, um, uh, hello and just like so yeah, random mine, mine are like, the same you know yeah. it's not even like it should every time I'm like it should be the gig that I did because I that was pretty good but no it's just it's completely random okay yeah, mine, mine's well. a bit more like the, the gig because because like when I I try to I have like a few different methods but like mainly I just kind of go per gig and like I would love to get into a position where like because I guess for everyone who's like starting out there's like there's a lot of people who start out kind of focusing a lot of their playlisting on iTunes because like that's just what you have and that's where you focus your music. But I moved away from iTunes like a long time ago because I had a similar situation where, you know, my music was kind of lost and then I got all fucked up on the computer. Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. And it gets all like lost in iTunes and location and between that and Rekordbox, I just wanted to eliminate the iTunes step because I thought it was like too extra. The the bad thing about that is like now I don't have like dance music in my iTunes to like listen to because no music sits on my computer. All my music sits on a drive. It exists in one folder so Rekordbox can access that folder. And like the more you dive into like how Rekordbox works, you'll like understand this. But I like have it all focusing on that and then I organize everything in Rekordbox. But the organization is really just like per gig. Like I pull up a bunch of things. Sometimes I tag it because it allows you to tag it in different ways. Like say like early on in the night or like peak time or like this kind of stuff or like genre. But I find it too difficult to like define things because one day something sounds like house to me and the next day it's like something else, you know? Genre 
summer is very difficult, I think, and it's also really objective, So and also depending on the day, so I'm just like, I can't do it like that. So I kind of focus on per gig, and you'll see that in my record box when we go up there, and then I also focus on if I have a really long set, like when I play all night long, I, I will go through it myself and mm-hmm. then break it up, like early, like chuggy yeah. stuff, ambient, and then like have things that go into like more like peak time and like rollers, like those are key things for me, and then also things like sassy tracks and like because like those are the things that I think make up the parts of DJing that I like and that that becomes like the organization I guess when we see record boxes are anyone here that doesn't know what we're talking yeah, about when we say that? that yeah okay great okay. everyone knows okay. okay. oh wow um, beginner who Jesus yeah, I didn't know that took I, me a I, while I know I have friends that still don't even use record box like you know Nino doesn't use record box yeah it's so God. hard to play back to back with her because like, oh, what is the BPM of this <laughs> and the tunes are just like not filling out and there's no yeah. waveform <laughs> like <laughs> chaos does anyone have any questions so far as we're talking or should we keep going how do you how do you actually know if the music is 320 um, well, I don't know. So there's a there's something you can also download. It's a free thing called Pig, and it, you can basically just take your um, take your files and put them into Pig, and it'll show you how big the file is. It'll show you like a little waveform and stuff like that. But you can always judge I, it. By iTunes also does it yeah, too. Yeah. If you have your song in iTunes, you can look at info, and it'll tell you. The quality of the track. And if you Google, like, I don't know the approximate, like, numbers and stuff, but if you Google, like, you know, like, the number of kilobytes that needs to be in a 320 or something, which I think is just 320, actually. (laughs) But, like, like, it'll tell you that, and then you can, like, look at your files and see how much they are. But, like, also, again, like, if you're, it depends. If you're just, like, at home, mixing and whatever, enjoy yourself. Don't worry too much about, like, the quality, and I don't think you have to focus on that for now. Um, okay. It's I kind of changing the topic a little bit. Is everyone okay with that? Um, okay. So I wanted to ask about like style, like niche, like when you start first start, do you feel like, do you need to like create a certain sound or a certain like place for yourself? Like where you're starting? Like, you know what I mean? What, when you, when you first start, like, do you what, feel when you play the first song or you no, mean like, like in, in general, right. like in general, like, like in DJing, you, in DJing, in career. Yeah. Do you understand? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I was no. like, do I make sense? Yeah, you make yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yes. Um, no, because I like too many things. I'm so peak ADHD. Like I, I love like deep house and I love like things that are like so fast that you can't even breathe. Like, and I love hip hop and I love trap music and I love like R&B and I love like silly edits and happy hardcore. And it's just too 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 much to like try and niche myself I could never ever do that like it just it's just it's just emo- everything that when I'm playing it's just emotional it's like what I feel in the moment you know like yeah so I've never been able to niche myself like or have a few genres that I just like stick to no I think that's also a style in itself though and yeah. like you probably without even knowing are like pull very specific like of all of hip-hop you probably like some very specific things and like those are probably present throughout all your other yeah like choices too. Um, I would, I know, I don't think I ever like went for like a specific niche. I'm definitely more, if I had to like 
pick like I'm definitely more of like you know a housey person like I've always been drawn to like house music as opposed to like hard techno or something like that but there are times where I've played techno like I've played back-to-backs with randomer and things and I've had like I've had like I have techno in my in my in my what do, what do you want to call it in, in my repertoire I have a range um <laughs> giving myself excuse but I would say like when you're starting out like I just kind of focused on like anything that I liked and then eventually as you mix and as you like carry on you do end up kind of developing a style for yourself and like finding the things that are that you're attracting you to those specific things like for me I love I love the sounds of rims rims specifically like the noise and I also really love um snare rolls and I love snares and I also really love bass lines and so I mean that's present in a lot of tracks so you can find a lot of different things with that but then there's a lot of things that that is what's carrying it. So I think um, it's more about just kind of like feeling, just go with what you like, really. And then yeah. that'll create your your own sound in itself. Okay, amazing. Um, before we move on to hands-on, I wanted to kind of touch on the experience of being, you know, like not a white man <laughs> in the DJ space and like how you kind of like deal with scenarios and what things kind of come up that are you know, impacted you in that way as a not white man? Um, yeah, it's really hard, guys, honestly. Like, at first, like, um, at first it it was fine because I was only getting booked by other people that were like me because I came up in that way, you know, and I was only, and I wasn't, like, fussed really about having a DJ career. So I was, you know, only picking things that were really important to me, but, um, or my, within my community of like queer, uh, black and brown people. So, um, but like, I guess like the biggest advice that I could give is like, once you start the music industry is very white and it is very male and it is very cis and you just kind of like have to pick your battles like outside of your own little community like it's people do will not if you're an, a, not a white man they will not trust the fact that you know what you're doing so it's really about being prepared knowing the system that you're playing on being prepared for anything that can happen and just like you know, I, I handle it in two different ways, um, which is both problematic in their own ways. I can't believe this is being recorded, but sometimes I'd be a bimbo about things, like, because it's actually, like, easier. And then some, you know, I'm like, because the, the sound engineer is coming over and just taking taking over. So I'm just like, you know what, fucking do it and I'll fix what you've done after, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because fighting with him is actually, he's going to make my life hard, you know? So, and unfortunately, that's a lot of what it's like. So sometimes I have the energy to pick my battles and I'm like, no, I'm going to put my foot down. I know what I'm fucking doing so piss off um or the other times i just i just be a bimbo about it and just let him do it and then i'll fix it afterwards <laughs> yeah i think i've i've felt the same yeah. in some situations because like also it's like sometimes when you're playing and it's like a really you're playing at a big stage and someone's coming up and telling you that like oh this isn't right and it has to we have to change this it's just easier sometimes just be like you know what you go do that. Great. Yeah. And then I'll see afterwards. Cause like, especially as I've like started playing a lot more with like turntables now, I feel like before a lot, I didn't really have always as many, uh, like issues or like, you know, it's, you go up and the CDJs are there and the mixers there, like it works, you know, but when there's turntables and stuff then I'm like having like arguments with the sound tech usually, or just about like, Oh, like there's feedback, like how do we mitigate this? But in all honesty, like it's really just a case by case basis. And a lot of the time you just kind of got to like let 
I don't know. I don't let anything like bother me. And I know that's not easy for everyone, but I just kind of try to be like in my own space and Zen about it. (laughs) And I think, I think like to be in this space and then surrounded by like lots of, um, like cis white men doing the same thing. You're just kind of like, you just kind of have to accept it for what it is for now. But I think there's, that's changing a lot. And that's, that has been changing a lot for time and it hasn't, hasn't changed enough. Yeah. But it's on its way. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, (laughs) Any questions so far or are we, should we move on to the, I wanted to also like speaking of that and like kind of like, you know, you have difficulties with the sound tech. I wanted to show you guys even just the basics of plugging in everything and like where the sound starts from. So if there is an issue, like, you know, where the sound starts from and you can kind of um, figure out the yeah. problem yourself because sometimes also you'll get to gigs and uh it won't even be plugged in and you have to do it and there's no sound engineer you know that's yeah. happened to me so many times yeah like, in the beginning especially like i don't know if i think in london it's maybe a little better but like in canada where i live like sometimes people are like oh bring your own table bring your own system like and i'm like wait what are you talking about like they don't have the equipment oh and actually i wanted to talk a one other thing um like when you're do you guys know any like spaces and stuff when you first start to go practice or accessibility for um people to practice for not expensive amounts um there's like that pirate studios place i think it's getting expensive though is it getting expensive yeah i know in the pandemic they were like um they they started like limiting people because people were like partying in the rooms (laughs) I partied in the room. There's also there's also there's also <laughs> I partied in the room too. There's also Cube in Hackney Wick as well, which is I think there's one in um, which is kind of like a pirate pirate. There's one in Hackney Wick. There's one in Camden, and there's one in Canary Wharf. I think. Um, there you go. Oh, Wandsworth is oh. Wandsworth. Um, and they're really cute. It's like a much it's much smaller. Um, um, but again, I don't know actually what the prices are there in terms of accessibility. And then there are like a lot of like parties as well that will like um, have like the first two hours, like at Pussy Palace, we do that the first two hours is practice hours for anyone who wants to like to have like live experience. And I noticed, I know that a lot of parties also like do that as well. So just like keeping your eye out for that. That's, that's so nice. Yeah. Because it's like one thing doing it on your controller and then like going out and playing it live is like a completely different experience. Oh hell yeah. When I was on those like CDJ 800s and I, and they had just, they had already rolled out the 900s, but I was still just playing on the 800s at home and also just like a different mixer. And then you go up and there's like 5,000 knobs and you're like, what the hell is actually happening? Yeah. <laughs> like I have no idea. So Okay, I think that's everything for the talking part. We're going to move over to the CDJs. Does anyone have what last? Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, I'm not sure how it works now, but I've, I've sort of surpassed the age group, but I think it's 16 to 24 um, roundhouse. Yeah, Camden. that's right. Yeah. It's like between like 150 and three pounds for like two hours either in like a mac lab or on uh, in little studios and um, you can also do like music production there and if you've got a band like they have like a whole like i don't know like guitars and stuff i don't know i don't know things like that (laughs) drums (laughs) wow that's such a good price that's crazy that's so good hi um i have a question kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier um 
I've like played a few times at like my favorite queer parties now, which is really exciting. And now I'm like, oh, how do I get more gigs, but also feel safe not playing at like queer spaces specifically? Um, I know that both of you two have kind of crossed over between. So yeah, how have you kept yourself feeling safe, etc.? Um, bring friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just be prepared, prepared for bullshit. Because honestly, there almost yeah. always is like an outside our little like queer bubble. Like the music industry is, is hard, you know? No, yeah. Like till this day, like from like, I would only basically play queer parties before. And now I've obviously like switched to like some more mainstream stuff and queer things as well still. But like when I'm not in a queer space, like I'm still very uncomfortable and I travel by myself. Like, and yeah, like you kind of just have to deal with it as much as it sucks. But like, I really like, sometimes I walk into spaces and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. But yeah, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. Especially if you, when you start touring like alone. Um, but yeah, I would say if you're, if it's local, like, you know, bring friends with you that you can feel comfortable. Yeah, that's really yeah. good advice to bring friends. Uh, you know, like you can ask for like, see if you can try and get an extra guest list and stuff like that, you know? So there's always, everything's like negotiable when you're like going outside of when people are like booking you and stuff like that. Like, don't be afraid for like to not ask for stuff when you've, when they've booked you and it's all confirmed, like you can like, you know. Get, get see if you can get extra guests they might say no but you know just try and bring a crew with you wherever you can yeah. always like if somebody's booking you make sure like you're able to you know if you don't have representation or something and you're representing yourself ask for what you need like always and and make sure like they give that to you and if they're not willing also sometimes to give you things that you need if if you're like no I don't feel like I don't want to come unless I have like maybe one friend that's able to come with me and they're like no if they're being short on guest lists like that like they don't need to be so you don't need to play for them in that in that scenario and I would say like you know cut your losses with some people if they're not giving you the things that you need and especially with like gigs and stuff like people should be treating each other with respect and also paying and you know I yeah I would say don't like don't be you're doing a job at the end of the day like don't be scared to you know, stand your ground. Um, I think like a lot of us are like, oh, I'll just do it. Like I know I've done that like yeah. so much, you know, like, okay. And then you put yourself in a situation and no one's looking out for you. So yeah, yeah just look out for yourself because it's late, you know, people are drunk, you know. So yeah. Um, I think know. like getting into this industry is a practicing on how to advocate for yourself. And I know that that is like, can be in peaks and troughs like as time goes on but it is something that you will have to learn yeah agreed yeah go ahead already, did you already talk about controllers versus cdjs oh, well, we no. can yeah please can you talk about controllers versus cdjs oh sure um look you just do whatever is comfortable for you like you can bring a controller into a venue if that's what you're comfortable with. And there's like DJs that we book all the time that still come in with their controller. That's what they're most comfortable with. I learned, I had this controller in that party, but then I didn't think, I didn't even think that I could put that controller into the, the I, learned, I learned on the CDJ. So, and I feel more comfortable there. I don't want to carry a controller around with me, with you, but I think it's just what you're comfortable with. Like, you know, yeah. I think sometimes there is like this pressure to like, I need to go to CDJs. But I, personally, I don't think you need to if you don't want to. Yeah, I guess the only thing I will say, if you, what, it depends what your goal is. Like if you do want to be, you know, a touring 
DJ, if that's your eventual goal, if you want to just, you know, play at your friends' parties or some clubs here and there, like I would say you don't have to switch, but eventually you'd have to do CDJs, vinyl, like as much as it sucks to be taken seriously because you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you do, if Chippy's absolutely right, like if you are going to like, go with the goal of like eventually playing at clubs and stuff you will have to like make that switch but like I mean personally I've never really I've never played on a controller I've played on a controller obviously but I never started playing on controllers but like I think I came up at a time when they were changing the CDJs so much like now they don't change that frequently like now also the difference between the 2000 and the 3000 is very different like it's the same almost except for one has like almost like an iPad screen and like I think before that it was like they were changing quite drastically so you did have to adjust but at the end of the day you do have to be flexible like that is part of this and like I think also like a lot of like pressure on yourself in these environments to be like perfect or do everything right or do like it's supposed to be fun and like go up there and enjoy yourself and like even if it is like pressure like try to like relieve that from yourself and just go like I'm like let's just have a good time and don't be like so pressured about like making sure you do the right mix and making sure it's perfect because it's not it's not always perfect no one's perfect and if they're perfect they're a computer and like you don't want that anyways people like that like realness and humanness like I fuck up all the time and I just kind of like laugh it off you know also like I don't know if it's because I learn on CDJs but to me there's not that much of a difference like there's only a few things it's like instead of like and especially when like the 2000s changed to the 3000s like I hated it at first I was like oh but then you just like get used to it it's like there's not that much difference like my USB and my headphones that's it yeah yeah. Oh, actually, do you want to touch on like USBs and what kind of USBs you yeah, need? Because I've had so many problems with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So get good quality USBs. I had a habit of getting novelty ones. And then I just like, you know, it said like I got like custom ones that said like slag on it and they were sparkly and had like Hello Kitty on it because I was like, that's like so fun. But then, yeah eventually these ones don't stand the test of time and then I was going into emergency loop all the time and thinking it was the CDJ's problem but it wasn't it was my USB so yeah what's the exact one that you recommend that's good um, I think we can. I can show you when we I mean that I have I mean the USB that I have I got from a friend in an emergency because I used to DJ with my hard drive because I, but it was, it's like an SSD, a solid state hard drive, which now my music just exists on. And, but one day it stopped working with the, with the CDJs and I had to just like kind of like figure out what to do next. And a friend had a USB. So, and luckily because I carry all my music with me, I was able to like put on the USB, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, this USB is great. Highly recommended. <laughs> She's very strong. What is it? Did you say? I don't know. I have to like, I have to look at it. It's I feel my... like I always get the Kingston one, the black one. Everyone's they're called, always... but I'll show you as yeah. well. But they're yeah. good. The little, the little red and black one. The yeah. Yeah. Ones, that's the really one good. I have too. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely important to get like a good solid USB. Get one with lots of space. Although it's like, oh, I don't want to spend the extra. Like if you have the money to get one with lots of space, get one with lots of space so you don't have to make those changes. But also important to like constantly be cleaning it. Like if there's stuff you don't like on it and you don't use it anymore, get rid of it, you know? Yeah. Um, What's considered a lot of space? Yeah. 32? 64. I have 64. I have a bunch of 32s. I think mine's like a terabyte. Really? It might be. Or maybe it's a 256 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, if you're responsible, um, (laughs) you should probably have like two or 
three, I guess. Yeah, I take five USBs everywhere I go. But like, if you're not responsible like me, I have <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, no, I couldn't. Wait, what? I travel with one. one. Oh, touch wood. I, I travel gonna... with one too. No. <laughs> I swear. I've had just too many. Life on the edge, you know? Why not? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, like sometimes I've had to like buy an extra one at the airport or something because I'm like, mm, this is risky. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, I'm irresponsible. So I usually have one, but I would say to have two or three. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be identical necessarily because the US or the CDJs. Um, like they, you can read all the information from all the USBs. Yeah, they link to each other. So if you plug in one USB, it should go across all those CDJs. Yeah, it should. <laughs> if it's, if it's, yeah, if you, if yeah, <laughs> I'm just so risky. I don't know. <laughs> Life on the edge. Oh, um, then would you recommend that we keep like everything on a hard drive, for example, and then? sort of move some of the music that we know we'll use that night or that we're practicing with onto a smaller USB? I would say if you can, you know, keep your music wherever you like, but like I definitely would say whatever you do with that, make sure you have a copy of it on a hard drive somewhere or something. Because like, you know, you never know. And there's always, it always takes like one computer breaking down and losing all your music to to go like, I'm never going to do that again. But like, you just make sure you, you know, because I wish I had all, I, maybe I wish I had all my old music. I mean, sometimes it's a blessing to no, lose all your I'm shit. I'm okay now. You know, yeah. I think it's like refreshed so, me. Sometimes At first it's a good I, thing, you know. I was depressed about it for a long time and now I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing, but I do miss my old music. <laughs> um, any other questions? Anyone? We're good? Okay, um, so I think we're going to mo- move towards the CDJs now. If you guys want to like kind of huddle around, don't be afraid to like go behind and everywhere. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Decoding the music industry. 